dude. Thank you so much, man. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you, Keith. Appreciate you guys. My man, when are you supposed to be here today? He's doing some, uh, some uh, video coverage for uh, all of our campuses. And uh, we have four campuses, and he wasn't able to do it because of the weather. So we were able to have all percussion, man. It's very cool. I think, Pete, you were trying to do double duty uh, this morning. And you were like, man, yeah. Yeah, Daniel showed up. He's like, hallelujah, man. That's so cool. So I got it, man. Well, guys, good morning. How are we doing, New City Church? Kyle, thank you for leading this morning, my brother. Guys, uh, give our worship band a, another hand. It's an awesome day today, man. Dude, that was killer, right? And so we, uh, yeah, it's kind of cool because we got, um, you know, we, I, I would put them against, like as far as talent and ability and that kind of thing, I'd put them up, you know, up against anybody in the country. I really mean that. But what is very cool is that we get led by people who are worshiping and they are just leading us in that. Amen? Dig it, dig it, dig it, man. Love that, love that. Well, guys, if I, I, I think I got a chance to meet some of the new folks that were here this morning. If I haven't got a chance to meet you, man, uh, my name is Casey, one of, the, one of the folks working alongside you here trying to do whatever God wants us to do and, and just be a part of this crazy church that, that God has us uh, be a part of. And we are in a, a series right now called Mine, which is a uh, w- twice a year. We'll do a generosity series, and it's like whole life generosity. What does that look like? What does it look like for us to to give of ourselves uh, and not be self-centered? Because right? Christ is the one that gave uh, himself fully, in fact, died for us. That's pretty doggone generous for, uh, yeah, like for, for you and me. He did that. And so when we start thinking about generosity, it really is doing what Jesus did, doing whatever we can to be like like him. We all, you know, we have different ways of being generous. And one of those ways that we are generous, we, want, we serve our community, which is actually another one of our uh, visions, a 2020 vision that we've talked about in the past, that we want the, the, the community to be better off because we are in it. The community knows it. About 15 of us or so this past week, actually on Friday night, uh, went out and served eight families that were in need of helping bring things to the curb. Yeah, man, for a citywide cleanup. Uh, we got a picture of those folks up here, I think, and so we've got, uh, man, it's just really, really neat to be a part of uh, that that service, and you know, one of the things that I have struggled with being uh, generous in, uh, and really letting God have, I'm just going to be transparent and vulnerable and that kind of thing with you guys today, uh, is uh, because God has made me to be an evangelist, and he's made me to kind of talk to people, and made me to be the kind of guy that goes, and man, what I have done is I have stepped in front of a lot of people that have that same gifting as well, because I just sort of think, God, if I don't do it, it's not going to get done right, and all that kind of stuff, you know, anybody ever feel like that when you feel called to do something, if you don't do it, nobody else, like, if it, if it don't get done right, it's, if it ain't done by me, right, and it's re- kind of ridiculous, because because long before I was ever even born, stuff got done, right? People came to know Jesus, all that kind of stuff. It's like I was stepping in front of that. And what I intentionally did, because I got confronted by it in our discipleship group, someone confronted me about that because I was struggling. Like I, I, I struggle with actually, if I'm going to be honest, trusting that somebody will share the love of Jesus, uh, you know, like I do. And it's ridiculous, and I get it. But here's what we did on, on uh, Friday night. We all gathered together here. We prayed out, and I honestly just sort of try to stay out of the way. 
And God just did some amazing things. Like some of the relationships and the connections, people were coming back with stories about how they connected with people. I got actually a couple phone calls from people that said, hey man, thank you so much for the folks you sent were amazing. I'm like, thank you. Thank you, Lord. So it just so helped me so much. Like, you guys don't know Kim Harris. She was in the first and second service. Actually, she was out in the parking lot in the first service, and she was in worshiping with us in the second service. But the way she connected with, uh, with the lady she had never known, man, it's like better than I could ever do it, right? And I just love that, that God, God did those kinds of things. And, and man, so forgive me forever uh, not trusting God fully. And not being generous with those kinds of things. And like that, like, like what I'm talking to you about this morning is not something that I have fully figured out, but it's something I'm striving for. And I want you to join me in that fight. Is that cool? Amen? See, because nobody ever has to teach somebody uh, growing up, nobody has to teach anybody the word mine. We hear that naturally in our, like our little kids and things like that. If you try to take uh, a toy away from them, where do they go? What do they say? Mine, right? Yeah, man. When I was a kid, some crumb snatcher, snot-nosed punk wants to take my Hot Wheel. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to say what? Oh, no, mine, right? Nobody ever has to say or teach me to say that kind of stuff. Dude, that just pops out naturally. It's not until an adult, somebody who's smarter than me and knows that we're supposed to share and be generous with our stuff, right, that they say, no, Casey, you must share that toy with somebody else. See, no one has to teach us the word mine. We come by this very naturally. What we do have to be taught is to share and to give and to serve. We will share our lives. This is what we're striving for. And I want you to join me in how I do that and how I'm learning to do that a little bit more and a little bit more as I trust God and be obedient to him a little bit more. We'll learn to invest our resources and we will learn to serve our church. For some of us, what we talked about last week, we talked about the fact that some of us have to take a first step. Some of us don't do some of these things at all. We've got to learn to do that. And when we learn to do that, it kind of stretches and, and works a muscle out that we're not used to working. So you get kind of, kind of sore a little bit. A couple of weeks we, uh, ago, we learned that our generosity, that we're not born with it, it's got to kind of evolve. But, but ultimately, the biggest obstacle of this life of sharing and investing and serving is, is fear. What did I tell you a second ago? I was afraid that somebody wouldn't do it as well as I could do it. This, like I said, it's kind of my job as a pastor, and you know, I'm kind of gifted at some of that stuff, and like it's where God has shown me what I need to be doing. And so if I don't do it, nobody's going to do it as well as I do it. And God blew it up. He's like, dude, seriously, as if you have any power to bring people to me. Amen? Amen. So forgive me again, like I said, but the, ultimately we are all struggling with giving God and giving of ourselves and letting others ahead of ourselves in so many ways. And it's mostly, for the most part, sometimes it's out of ignorance. 99% of the time it's out of fear. We're afraid to actually give of ourselves. We're afraid of actually giving up our time. We're afraid of actually giving up our money. We're afraid of actually giving ourselves to other people. And keep in mind what I kept saying, because we think it's ours in the first place, and it's all God's. It's crazy. It's the craziest thing in the world. Because God made everything. It all belongs to him. And, the, and if we are afraid to do that kind of thing, God's going to... 
God's going to get our attention if we're his. And so we've got to learn to be unafraid. Culture around us promotes this idea of a fear-based life and a fear-based living where I've got to make sure I've got everything that I need and I've got to make sure that I save enough and then I got to make sure that I provide enough and I got to make sure I look out for my health and my marriage and my kids and my family and my neighborhood and all this kind of stuff because none of it is is mine in the first place and it also creeps into our Christian culture as well like we come up with this idea that surely Jesus doesn't want me to take any risks does he? I'm going to talk to the dudes here in a second. We got a lot of guys that come to our church. I love this, man. Ladies, you can listen in. I'm going to talk to the guys for just a second, all right? Guys, God has charged us with leading. God has charged us with modeling. God has charged us with being his example. And here's the thing that a lot of guys, you don't want to know why the, like Mother's Day is one of the largest uh, attended church services of all, like throughout the nation. And Father's Day is one of the, one of the smallest because dads, dudes, don't a lot of times see the adventure in being a Christian. I'm telling you here now, this is a crazy, crazy, amazing, fantastic adventure if you will be generous with your time and your talent and your resources and your life. I promise you that, dude. It is crazy. I, somebody called me this week and, and t- texted me this week about the, the mass shooting in Texas, as horrible as it is. And everybody said, you know, you hear things on Twitter like prayers don't work anymore. And I, and I get that, man. Like I understand, like yeah, there's got to be some practical steps. So prayer does work ultimately. But here's where somebody te- like tested me, say, are you praying for revival, brother? And you know what I texted them back? No. I texted them back, said, I'm praying for a revolution. I'm praying for my brothers and my sisters to take up arms and start fighting this war and going to reach people for the Lord. That's how they did it 2,000 years ago. It revolutionized the Roman Empire. We can do it again. Amen? Like this is what it it is going to have to take. It is going to have to take us to be unafraid, at least courageous, and get outside of ourselves. What Jesus said, if you're my dis- disciple, you must deny yourself. It's going to take that for us to actually go take up arms, not fight people, but fight for the Lord. Because if we want a revolution, if we want hearts to change, it, like that's what it's going to take. It will take nothing less than bold, courageous guys. And I'm telling you guys, like we need to be leading the charge in this. One of the reasons why we don't have silk flowers and lace doilies in this place because we want you to feel comfortable here, but we want you to take up arms. Amen? We want you to learn what it means to lead your families and go fight this fight. We are looking instinctively, dudes especially, for an adventure. Because here's what happens. Like a lot of times, if we're not careful, we will deny the fact that God has created. This is not just guys, it's all women too. But guy, like I'm I'm talking to the dudes here for a second. God has created us to create, to make stuff, to build stuff, to be adventure, to to take on things. And sometimes even to destroy stuff and blow stuff up. Hallelujah, amen, right? Right? I mean, that's just kind of like, I think my, my if it, this is my dream job, but if my second job would be a wrecking ball operator where I could smash stuff and watch stuff, that would be awesome, right? That would be fantastic for me. I just think it would be, be great. 
But we're looking for that, aren't we? We're looking for an adventure. And I'm telling you, man, once you step outside yourself and start being generous with your time, your talent, start serving your church, you will go on an adventure like you have never seen before when you let yourself go. Stop trying to hang on to all that stuff that's holding you back in the first place and go to war. I'm going to talk to everybody now. Because when I was a little kid, and I was riding around if you guys don't know i grew up in the mountains of georgia small town and we lived up on this big old hill we lived actually on a mountain and so my driveway and my um my, my street was like a like a straight down thing it would go up and down and up and down and finally wound down to the bottom of the mountain and we were on doug gap road after that right and so, man, it was crazy, right? So we, me and my guys, my homeboys, my, my buddy John, my buddy Tom, lots of guys, we would ride these bikes and stuff, and we were we'd going down the hill really fast. Can you guys hear me okay? You guys all right? We'd go down the hill really, really fast. We'd be racing and racing and racing. I mean, going down, like, whoo. Anybody ever done that before, by the way? Right? Heck yeah, dude. Why would guys do that? Try to race down a hill as fast as they possibly can, faster than they've ever done it, because we're looking for an adventure, right? Some of the ladies say, because you're stupid. (laughs) Not necessarily, but because we are that way. Like, we are looking for an adventure. We're looking to take risks. When I was seven, eight, nine years old, guess who was king of the world was Evil Knievel. Some of you guys remember, you're like, oh, yeah. Some of you are like, oh, yeah. You guys know where I'm going with this. So what would we do? We would try to jump stuff, right? So we'd set up ramps, we'd set up as far as we part as we could. If we wrecked, it was even more awesome because I'd be like, I just like it, right? That's, that's cool, right? Guys, we're looking for the adventure. We're looking to take those risks. We're not looking to just ride along and have a little fun and just do, 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 and just a, just a fun little drive. No, we're looking to go down a hill, jump some stuff, take some risks. And I remember we were going down this hill me and my buddies, and we were going down this hill, and man, we were going really, really, really fast. And I saw this bump in somebody's lawn, man. I'm like, oh, snap. And I'm like, Woo. So I just like take it, and I'm going as fast as I can. I hit that bump. Now I'm in midair, man. I'm like, ooh, I am evil, cutting evil, baby. And all my buddies, I can let their over like, whoa, I can hear them, you know. It was fantastic. Wind in my, wind in my, 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 face and everything like that. I'm dodging bugs and all that kind of stuff. I'm in the midair. And as, as I crested this, like I got to the very crest of the, of the, the apex of the, it looked like I had 20 feet. I probably had three, but it looked like a wow, you know, and man, I'm ready to, I'm bracing myself for the landing like evil Knievel, right? And I'm at the very peak of the air and my handlebars come off. Ha 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 ha. Oh, bro, right? And so when you realize you are no longer in control of your life when you are in the air and you have no handlebars to, like literally you just have to flop. I mean, it's just all you can do. So I hit the ground and I'm doing probably like somersaults without my arms and stuff. Like it's just like boom, head, toe, head, toe. I just crash. I got my, my, my handlebars are stuck in the ground. The Bikes all mangled. I mean, it's just crazy stuff. You know what my buddies did though? They came over to me, dude, that was awesome, right? High fiving and stuff. All the dudes are like, and some of the ladies are like, this is stupid. I get it, right? 
But, but that's what, man, they came up to me and said, Casey, are you all right? I looked at my buddy John and said, Margaret, I'm fine. Right? I probably was a little bit loopy, man. But they were, guess what? They, they said, that was awesome, dude. You were just like evil Knievel when he broke all the bones in his body, man. That's what you look like. I have no stories like that when I had training wheels on. And it was safe. I've got no stories like that when somebody had to hold my, my seat, right? And I would go, don't let go, don't let go, don't let go, because I'm scared, right? I don't have any stories like that. I never took any risks. I never wrecked. I never had a problem. I never had an issue. I never skint my, my knee. I never... And dude, we, like, we didn't have helmets at the time. This was the early 70s, right? Mid-70s. We were crazy. But that's who we are. We're going to skydive. We're going to take stupid, crazy risks. We're going to do all kinds of things because God has instinctively built in us a generosity that has got to be, that has got to be fulfilled an adventure that has got to be fulfilled. We'll fulfill it in some other way. Our adrenal glands get fried. We'll do all kinds of things. But when we learn to take the risks that God wants us to take and be generous with our lives, generous with our resources, generous with our service, generous with our times, it will be an adventure like you've never seen. Because you'll realize that, yeah, I can go on all kinds of adventures here and now, but we're talking about an eternal thing then. And you'll step into some stuff that God wants you to step into and you will be amazed at what you get to experience. You'll be amazed at the callings that he gives you. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians 8. And this is actually uh, after 1 Corinthians. And the church at Corinth had done some really cool stuff. They had, uh, church in Corinth in 1 Corinthians was really jacked up and messed up. I mean, he was talking to a dude that was sleeping with his mom, says, guys, y'all shouldn't do that. You know, that's kind of a weird, gross thing. Everybody said, ew, right? I mean, he said all kinds of things like that. They were bringing pagan rituals in. They were doing all kinds of different things. And, and, and so, so Paul writes to this church in Corinth, and he writes to these guys, and he says to them, you know, in, in 1 Corinthians, he's like, guys, you need to get your act together, right? And they did a lot of that. By, by the time 2 Corinthians rolls around, uh, they got a lot of their stuff together, but you know what they were still hanging on to? They weren't being very generous. They were rich. They had a lot of money, but they weren't being very generous with it. They, were, they had a lot of opportunities and talent and really like advantages out the yang, but, but generosity is one of the last things, especially money, but in other areas too. Like we live right now in a society where we drive into our, our garage, turn on uh, Apple TV, get on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever social media thing you're into, and we don't talk to nobody. It generally, generally tends to be what we, what we do. I was with a buddy of mine on his back porch just this past week, and we were looking. It was after you know people were coming home from work and that kind of thing, and we were just kind of looking out in the back, and he had several yards and all these different uh, fences sort of aligned right behind his. He could talk to like seven different neighbors if he wanted to, and nobody was outside. Everybody was inside. It was beautiful outside, too. It was crazy. Like, this is nuts. We don't do that anymore. And so Paul's addressing this thing. It's like, stop, guys, being this closed-off, scared, ungenerous group of Christians. Listen to what he said and started in uh, 2 Corinthians 
uh, chapter 8, starting in verse 1, he says, We want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God granted to the churches of Macedonia. During a severe testing by affliction, some people, a lot of scholars think this was a, a major drought going on. During a severe testing by affliction, their abundance of joy and their deep poverty overflowed into the wealth of their, just, of their generosity. Their deep poverty overflowed in that. I testify that on their own, according to their ability, listen to this, and beyond their ability. They're not just looking at the zero sum, how much money we got in the bank, how much time do I got? They're looking at, like, they're beyond their ability. They're relying on a supernatural thing. He's bragging on a poor church from Macedonia, and he's challenging the rich church of Corinth, right? They begged us insistently for the privilege and sharing in the ministry to the saints. And not just as we had hoped, instead they gave themselves especially to the Lord. Then to us by God's will. So we urged Titus that just as he had begun, so he should also complete this grace to you. Now as you excel in everything, faith, speech, knowledge, and in all diligence, and in your love for us, excel also in this grace. It's extending grace to someone, right? That he's saying, hey, get outside yourself and be graceful to these people. Excel also in this. I'm not saying this is a command, rather by means of diligence of others, I am testing the genuineness of your love. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, for your sakes he became poor. This guy was in the lap of luxury, hearing nothing but holy, 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 are you all the Lord Almighty, right? He comes and humbles himself like submits himself ultimately the father comes and dwells among us so that he can save our sorry behinds that's generous amen Amen. wow so that by his poverty you might become rich now i am in i am giving an opinion on this because it is profitable for you who a year ago began not only to do something but also to desire it but now finish the task as well That just as there was eagerness to desire it, so there may be also be a completion from what you have. Can you guys hear me okay? I know some 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 talking coming from the lobby there. So but now finish the task as well, just as there was eagerness to desire it, so there may be also a completion from what you have. For if eagerness is there, it is acceptable according to what one has, not according to to what one does not have. It is not that there may be relief for others and hardship for you, but it is a question of equality. At the present time, your surplus is available for their needs, so their abundance may also become available for our need. As it has been written, the person who gathered much, this is from Exodus when they were talking about manna, speaking of beautiful manna, the person who gathered much did not have much. The person who gathered little did not have little, too little. Thanks be to God who put this same concern for you in the heart of Titus, who's a young pastor that Paul was putting under his wing. He accepted our urging and being very diligent went out of you, out to you by his own choice. We have sent with him a brother who is praised throughout the churches for his gospel ministry. And not only that, but he was also appointed by the churches to accompany us with this gift that is being administered by us for the glory of God himself and to show our eagerness to help. 
Listen to what Paul says here. We are taking this precaution so no one can criticize us about this large sum administered by us. See, a lot of people are afraid to give and afraid to serve in the church and those kinds of things because of all the stuff they see on TV and all the people that are taking the prosperity gospel and manipulating people and all that kind of stuff to gather money and they go and buy a jet with it. And I get all that. And Paul is saying, this is not, cannot be the case. We are sharing this with you to help you understand. We are, know this is a large sum. We know you were asking a lot. We, I know we're asking you to be generous, but understand something. We're handling it right. That's cool, right? Amen? That's why we have people that will, we have a great, we have a team of people from, diff, from the different uh, campuses and things like that. We have, a, we have elders and things that, that oversee our finances so that we can do this. This is what Paul's talking about. He wants to make sure that everything we understand is out in the open, we're doing everything in the light, and it's administered properly so that you don't have to worry whether or not this large sum is being misused. See, I, I was reading this book this week. Uh, it's called Gaining by Losing by a guy named J.D. Greer. Man, and I'm, 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 I'm fascinated by this book that I'm, that I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm, it's not the Bible or anything like that, but a lot of the things he's talking about in, his script, in, this, uh, in the book is all scripture-based and stuff, but it, man, it just like nails the stuff that we've been talking about for the, almost like the last year. It's incredible. And so he's talking specifically about leadership and how to be a good leader and how to do those kinds of things and how to be generous with your, not hold on to people if they are called somewhere, all those kinds of things. Like it's a great thing. Listen to what he says here. And he says, to, he says, read these verses that we typically apply to financial generosity through the lens of giving away leadership talent. He said in Proverbs eleven twenty four, one person gives freely yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly but becomes to poverty. Proverbs eleven twenty five: a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. That's what we did Friday night with our people when we served the community, right? Amen? And we refreshed other people. We helped other people to, to get the things that they needed done. The little boy who bravely gave his five loaves and two fishes to Jesus not only got to see Jesus use it to feed the multitude, but also got to take home 12 more baskets full of leftovers. You can't outgive God. That very same sentence was in my notes. And when I read it, I'm like, whoa, that's, that's amazing. You can't outgive God. Not with money, not with leadership talent, not with anything. And guys, I want to introduce you to you, a lady named Catherine, who's a local woman here, as a matter of fact, and she actually sent out uh, a prayer to us and, about this morning and, uh, you know, kind of helping us to understand. I want you to hear her prayer for us this morning. She says, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that our brother will speak out of your heart. She's praying for me. Holy Spirit, fill everyone in that sanctuary with your love. May those who don't know you receive you today. May the rich be more generous and may the poor say they are rich in you. May the words of his heart and his meditation of his heart be acceptable to you. This beautiful, amazing lady named Catherine is highlighted in this video. Check this out.
I had an accident and my hip was broken in so many pieces. I have two rods in my hip. She's an angel among us. If you watch her in the bread company, everyone comes in to see Catherine. You know, we sell the bread, but I feel like there are some people who specifically come with prayer requests, and uh, I go pray for them. One day when we were sharing, she said she was in need of a different car, that her car was needing expensive repairs. I had been saving money, but uh, I knew it wasn't enough, so I knew I would take a few years to save for it. So a couple of months later, I went in and I said, Catherine, how's your car fund coming? And she said, I gave it all away. And I looked at her and, and she said, there was a widow in need and I gave her the $5,000. I struggled a lot when I gave that money. And uh, I said, I feel okay, but do you think I did the right thing? I mean, I cannot give what I don't have, so I just give what I had. I was shocked, and so I come home and I tell Pete that we needed to help Catherine with her car fund. He looked at me and he said, no, I think we need to buy Catherine a car. And I said, okay, great. Pete called Scott and said, do you know Catherine Great Harvest? And he said, yes, he did. Pete said, well, we'd like to buy her a car. He asked Pete, do you want it used your new car? And it just hit him right in the face. Why would he ask me that? Of course I would want a used car. That's good enough. He just paused for a moment and he said, I want a new car. And he said it was silent on the phone for a few seconds. And Scott said, whoa, I want to help. And so he pitched in some. So she came to the bakery and uh, she asked me, if you were to buy a car, what kind of a car would you like? I said, Debbie, I'm not really planning to buy a car. But she said, oh, just tell me. And she said, I'd like a SUV cruise control. And she said, I'd like a light color. And we called Scott, and he said, I think I've got the perfect car. So Pete said, can we deliver it tomorrow? So we have the bread company owner and his family, Scott and his family and our family. And Catherine sees us all coming in, and she's just all excited to see everyone. And uh, I went to give them hugs, and I said, what's Pete doing here? I did have the, the biggest idea. When I went out, <laughs> and so we walked her over to the car. We said, Catherine, this is your new car. So, oh, I said, for me, this is for me, he said. Well, I, I knew God had many cars, but I didn't know he had a new one for me. So God had new cars <laughs> for me. 
we all stood there in tears as we saw the joy on Catherine's face. And we got to be a part of it. And the joy of that was unbelievable. So right, it was such an excitement to drive it. We told Catherine that we would like this to be confidential, but I kept running into people who would say, "I heard what you did for Catherine." It wasn't even us; it was Catherine. It all started with Catherine giving of what she had to a widow to help her, and it just continues on. Generosity begets generosity. We don't give in order to receive. We give because it's the nature of Jesus Christ. He gave us His life, so we we have the the DNA of Jesus Christ of giving. <laughs> yeah. So this is one story I will never forget in my life. Cool. That's amazing, man. That's just, what are we afraid of, right? What did she say? Generosity begets generosity, doesn't it? Man, that's incredible. Incredible stuff. But it doesn't, like, I mean, there was some money involved in that, but it's not, it's about her heart. It's about her not seeing herself as, I've got to take that, I've got to keep that, and I, what if I don't, what if I give this away? There is so much something so much better for her. You know, she's a local lady, like I said. She's, she just, I just read, just got the prayer from her, you know, right before the service. I didn't even have it before the first two services. That's, that's remarkable. It's remarkable. So, man, like, may her prayer wash over you this morning. May your fears and may your courage be absolutely, man, like crazy taken care of by God. I'm going to ask the ushers to come forward, and we've got uh, buckets to pass for the offering. I'm going to pray for the offering, but I also want to give a couple really cool announcements that we've got coming up. We've got an opportunity to, to share and help other people to, to know the Lord. On June 2nd, there's a citywide, or actually a city's uh, summer kickoff party downtown Edgerton. We're going to be involved in that. We're going to have a booth. We're going to do some cool stuff and that kind of thing. If you want to be involved in that, put that on your connect card and put it in the uh, the bucket. Something else I'm really, really excited about is, uh, and I'm excited about that too, but I'm really excited about something we have never done before. This is a brand new thing that we are going to, and what, we have, what we're going to do two weeks from today, we're not going to be worshiping in this building. We're going to be worshiping outside with all four campuses together. That's going to be cool, man, right? Really cool. So, so Loma Vista, which is out in the Raytown area, Miriam, Shawnee, and us here in Edgerton are all going to meet at the old Shawnee town, and we're going to, we're going to gather together, and we're going to worship together all there. That, that's going to be cool. Lanier Park, somebody said it's where it's going to be. So I'll have more details for you next week, but we are going to party with the rest of our family, all 2,000 of us or wherever it's going to be. It's going to be amazing. So very cool stuff. So let's, uh, let me pray for the offering, and then uh, Kyle C. Watson has uh, got a cool, cool thing for Brooke Foster, our graduate. 
Father, we love you. And we thank you so much for what you have done and what you are doing. Um, Lord, you are the one that is generous. You're the one that, is, that gave everything so that we could even have a chance to not be destroyed. So we could even have a chance to be with you. And Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for your nature. Thank you for creating us to be able to create. May we step outside of ourselves, Lord, and be generous, not just in money and not just in one part, but in every part, whole life, the way you created us to be. So we can step into this adventure and we can fight this fight the way you've asked us to fight, with love and with a genuine, I mean, just a serving those who need serving. Oh, God. What a privilege it is. And we ask these things in your son's name that we pray. Everybody in the house said, amen.